Thanks for listening to DIY for Business. It's Russ and Greg with you. Greg, how's it going? It's going really well, Russ. How are you doing today? You know, I, I'm pretty good. I'm, I'm still recovering a little bit uh, from Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's probably pretty common response for people that visit Vegas. Yeah, yeah. Well, I so it was it was pretty fun. Like I did a little convention thing, right? I did a speech uh, that worked really well. I did some jokes. I did some shtick, if you will. Uh, got some laughs, which I felt good about. Uh, and then um, uh, gave some information. The nice thing about that I feel like making a joke, getting a couple of laughs, I feel like it makes me more approachable afterwards. You know, because oh, people see yeah. a little bit of the personality, so they're coming up to me. Yes. Uh, it must have worked because, oh, man, that's what I was tired from. I, I didn't even – I didn't do the partying thing. I just – I talked to so many people for so many hours for three days uh, at this convention thing, and I was just done at the end of it. Um, so that was that. But then my brother lives out in Vegas. Right. So at the end of that third day, I'm like, okay, I'm done. Come pick me up. Let's Let's hang out. I was like, okay, I got the night planned for us. Okay, <laughs> let's 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 do let's do right it in Vegas, right? Two guys in Vegas. Vegas. Exactly. That there, there's there's plenty of stories about that start that way. Um, uh, <laughs> so you know, he doesn't want to do the typical Vegas thing because we've both done that, right? So um, we actually got in his little I don't know what these things you call it, like eight like an ATV, but something like that, mm-hmm. and at Seven o'clock at night, we're cruising through the desert. It was so cool. <laughs> like, oh, that's really fun. We're like bouncing up and down and just doing like I mean, it was crazy. Was it still light the, at that time, or was it dark it was already? Still, it was still a little light. So we get to okay. the top of the mountain just as the sun is setting over the vague. Like so, we see like this beautifully lit, you know, Vegas. Uh, you know, all the buildings in the background, the strip in the mm-hmm. background. It looked fantastic. So I sat on top of a, a mountain in a desert with like goggles and a you know funky hat thing that I had to wear, uh, <laughs> and 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 check out uh, Vegas from a, from a, a point where I've never seen it before. It was it was really cool. Um, and then we stayed out there, and then we're we're cruising through the desert at night with these lights on on this thing, like, right? Going. I don't know. Did you feel like you were in any danger? Because I I have been on one, an ATV before. Um, and I was in Mexico doing it and this was before I drank. Right. So I was, I was, you know, cruising and I was on a tour and they took us down this cliff and I'm going, (laughs) yes, this does not look safe, but you had to get down this cliff to get to the beach Uh and you get to cruise your ATV and this riverbed and this beach and everything is really, really fun. But I'm going, I'm in trouble. As I was pitching my way down this cliff, I'm going, I uh-huh. am in trouble. Uh-huh. Yeah, I had that same uh, that same thing happen to me as we were also like going down a cliff. Like this it like dipped down, like you know, like and, and so as we're going down, I'm like, oh <laughs> it's in, considering it's at night, I'm assuming you're going down at night because you're returning, you know. It, well, so this was on the way out. So I actually saw what was going on because it was still sunny. Then we get out to this mountain thing. Now we went all the way out from uh, from Henderson all the way out to, to uh, just above the the Lake Mead, right? So you know, so we can see the bottom. Oh, did you see the dry the Lake Mead? Really low. 
<laughs> oh my god, it's, it's it's so low, it's crazy. Yeah. Uh, so we get up top, and as we're going up top, like you get up there, you get top. There's a little flat area, and then there's a drop down to the lake. That was pretty scary too. <laughs> I was like, oh my god, that was crazy. That was crazy. That's um, fun. That's fun. But, uh, you, you're yeah, here to talk about it, so it must have been fun. I made it through. But you know what I did do at one point? Because once we got up to that top of that thing, that's when it got a little bit weird, right? Because I'm like, uh, where the heck are we? Right? So <laughs> I, I did a screenshot of the map of where we were, and uh-huh. I sent it to my wife. I'm like, in case you need to find me at some point, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, here's where I am. Because it's so quiet, it's so dark, and it's like you're just out in the middle of, like, literally, middle of nowhere. So you took a picture uh, and you sent it to your wife, but did you have cell service for it to get out? I did actually have cell service, okay. uh, which okay. was kind of crazy and amazing. I think it was because maybe, maybe, I don't know. I don't know how this whole cell thing works, but we were up high. So maybe I was, I don't know, maybe Elon Musk somehow was involved in this i don't know but uh i think he's, he focuses more on underground tunnels in las vegas than <laughs> that's true that's top true. of mountains <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah it was it was uh it was a lot of fun so i'm, I'm still uh, you know recovering a, a little bit from that just because it was a it was a long weekend didn't get a lot of sleep because we were hanging out i hadn't seen my brother in a long time so uh that, that was really cool um, the other thing though, like while I was there in, in Vegas was, you know, I was catching up on some, some emails and whatnot. And I, I, and I hear you, you did the same. So that's brings us to this show here where we don't have a guest, but we kind of do because you're kind of the guest, the, the people that are listening right now. All our listeners are the guests today. Exactly. So we've had people where we say at the end of this podcast, Hey, if you've got questions, we can build an entire episode around it. Well, uh, that's sort of what this is. We're, we're building an entire episode around some of the questions that we received. Um, so we're taking some of the highlights of these questions and uh, we'll, we'll you know, do some answers, but also we'll, you know, of course, turn some of these into episodes as we, uh, as we roll along here. Um, so uh, I'm going to say, Greg, because, you know, I did this in Vegas. You did this at home. You probably did a better job. So <laughs> maybe, we should, maybe we should hit one of your questions first. And not lead I off mean, it's all perspective, line. Russ. So who knows right. what you consider a better right. job? Yeah, yours might be more right. entertaining. I don't know. I don't know. My but first one these is are from, yeah, So first of all, let me thank everybody for sending in their questions because at every episode we say, hey, you know, send us questions. We may turn it into an episode. Well, here we go. First question that I get very often, actually, when I'm reading it and you know, we get our questions from LinkedIn, we get them from Twitter, we get them from a lot of different ways. But um, mm-hmm. so this question has come multiple times and from different mediums. What types of businesses have you guys owned? We kind of talk oh. about owning businesses in the past, but we've never really, or maybe we did it at the very beginning. We never really detailed the different businesses that we've, uh, that we've owned. It's probably one of those hidden, uh, it might know, be. those hidden things, might be. right? Because you know, our first few of these podcasts were not that great. So those are but, hidden uh, shows. Ref, why don't you start? <laughs> Talk a little bit about the businesses that you've owned. Yeah, well, you know, jeez, uh, I okay, I'm going to go way back. I'm going to go way back to, and this wasn't really a business, but this was something that I came up with when I was a kid. I actually, I, I noticed that, you know, like, okay, we're reading like all of these books and whatnot, and the, the, the weekly reader people used to give us bookmarks. This one year they didn't. 
I was like, oh shoot, this is a this is an opportunity here. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't know, fourth grade or something. So what I did was I I bought some or I, I got somehow, I don't know, I acquired uh probably you know, my mom probably went to the store and bought some construction paper and some stamps. And so I made my own bookmarks and and did these little stamps on them with like, you know, little sayings on them and little, you know, I don't know, probably Pac-Man on it or something. That's cool. How old were you? This was like fourth grade, maybe. Okay. This was really okay. young, and I sold them for, I believe, three for three for a quarter, and people bought them. I made money. You made money. <laughs> hey, that's the thing, right? And so, you made money as your first job more than most people do in their fifth job. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Right? Well, or you know, so I, I, I did that, and then um, uh, I wanted to make more, so I actually hired somebody. <laughs> <laughs> to, to cut the paper and do the stamps. These little kids down the street from me, uh, that, you know, like younger than me. So they were doing the, the work and I was doing the sale and I was paying them. I forget what I, you know, I made a, I made a margin. So, it was, it was so, so this is the first example of you scaling your business. Yeah. Yeah. You scaled, scaled, at, scaled at fourth grade. I scaled in elementary school. I, I can't remember. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was crazy. So that was, that was, I'm going to count that as my first business. Oh, for sure. Um, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And then well, the uh, IRS is not listening right now. You're good. Exactly. Exactly. Well, what's nice to see is my son is actually doing that now. Um, he's not, not the bookmarks, but he bought some gum on Amazon and he's selling it. And we haven't bought him lunch, but we get him lunch money once. Like he's, he's selling gum in school. And now he's known as the gum guy. You know, it's like it's like that's he's it's pretty cool guy. that that he's that he's doing that. So it's like it's it's kind of neat to to see it. I saw it from you know firsthand, and now I'm seeing it as a parent. It's pretty cool. Speaking of uh, Amazon, speaking of yeah. Amazon, we need to do an episode on people reselling product on Amazon because I just landed up buying oh, something yeah. from Amazon, and when I received it, I realized it was actually from another site, another company that they just resold it through Amazon. And when I was buying it from Amazon, I did nowhere could I find that it was coming from a secondary source. It looked like I was buying it directly from Amazon. And I'm pretty savvy to that. And I was like, okay, how did that happen? And the only reason I know is because the other company had a label on one of the products that I bought. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's interesting how all of that, the whole, there's a whole like bunch of stuff to talk about around that, like the whole drop shipping thing and all of that. So we definitely gotta we gotta jump on that show. Um, yeah. yeah. Okay. So uh, the the first real business uh, that actually you know like paid the rent and whatnot was uh, I started an, an entertainment company. So I was working in radio, and um, this uh, one of the other DJs was like, "Hey, I've got a gig. It's it's an in person you know DJ gig." I got to go, go play music at a bowling alley. I'm like, uh, okay. He's like, I can't do it. Can you do it for me? And he's like, they'll just pay you directly. It's fine. Like, I don't even have to take a cut. They'll just pay you. I just, I, I just, I can't do it. Like, um, I've never done this before. Like, well, you do it here all the time. It's just, instead of talking to walls, you're talking to people. <laughs> okay. So was, was I, it I, a guy named that was called dude that asked you to do this at the bowling alley? Just, just curious. Uh, what was this guy's name? Uh, I, uh, I can't remember his name, but oh. it, it was a radio, it was a total radio name. Okay. <laughs> you know, like one of those, one of those funky radio names, um, uh, that was probably made up like, you know, Steve Van Zant or Steve Van 
Horn or Steve Von St. Pin. John Pen. or something. Von Pins. Von Pin, yeah. Like, Von know, Strike. Von Strike. That's strong. Made up names. Yeah. Uh, so I did it and I was like, okay, this is pretty easy. Like, this is kind of cool. And then I decided to actually start a business. So then I started, you know, just doing this as a little side hustle. Um, I, and I took it to, to actually like, you know, I, I was ranked as one of the top five entertainment companies in the Bay Area. And we did, you know, um, I had 13 DJs at my prime uh, going out and doing their thing. And I had a couple of people doing casino nights. I had, you know, a pianist and um, harpist and all these light, like lighting that I would do and all that stuff. And, uh, you know, we did, uh, I think at our peak, it was about 500 events in a year or something like that. I'd have to That's check the numbers, but we did a ton of events and, you know, it was like, okay, it, it, it paid the bills and, and, it, and it allowed me to do it. But then I had kids and I was like, I got to sell this thing because I, I don't know if I can do both because it's working weekends, it's working nights, it's working, like, I would never see the kids with the way that I was running that business. Even if I stepped back and I tried everything to try to keep it, but then uh, decided to sell it. And so uh, sold it. And now that's part of the college fund for the kids. That'll pay for the one class yeah. uh, with the way the college prices are. But uh, <laughs> uh, did that. Now, there was a couple of other random little businesses. There was one that I did uh, a, a spinoff of the wedding thing because I was so upset with how much um, people were paying for like, or people were charging rather for uh, advertising a wedding business. And I'm like, okay, well, wait a second. I should be upset about this. I should actually just do something about it. So I started a wedding directory, got all my fellow vendors on it. And, you know, we uh, went in together to try to get other people on it. So we just try to, you know, like we're, we're pulling people on it. We got some paying contracts and whatnot. Um, it was working out well. And then uh, that one, I decided just to pull back from because it was it was like, okay, this is going to take a lot of time. And it was towards the end of my entertainment business when I was about to sell. So I also sold that when I when I sold my business as well. So it was, uh, those, were, those were the big ones. Uh, there's been a bunch of little random stuff that have uh, happened. But uh, uh, you, you, on the other hand, have had a bunch of businesses that, but guess what, Greg? We got to talk about this this business that we've got right now because, you know, we've got to pay these bills as well for the whole podcast. <laughs> got so, some business to take care of. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> exactly. So we're going to take a short break here, uh, and and we'll continue uh, answering some other questions. I, I took up the whole thing there. Uh, when we come back, we're going to hear about Greg's business ownership experiences, and we'll do that right after this. Thanks for listening and subscribing. Oh, and reviewing DIY for Business, a part of the Best Business Network and Electrocast Media. It's Russ and Greg with you. We're doing a show that we've promised, uh, I don't know, for the last 60 episodes or so, <laughs> DIY, where we've talked about getting your feedback. And yes, we get feedback all the time. And, you know, it's kind of cool to actually dedicate a show to this. And uh, we're, we're talking about, here's the problem with Greg and I. Uh, we, we've known each other for a long time and we feel like, I mean, I feel like I could say anything to Greg. And so it's like one of those things where, uh, maybe we'll get the two questions. <laughs> Just we're talking about all these things. I think we'll get some more, but we'll, we'll see. Maybe this has to be a multi, 
Uh, but Greg, the first question that uh, we asked is, uh, or that a, that a listener asked was about which types of businesses uh, we have owned. And I, I talked about my businesses. Let's, let's hear about uh, your businesses. Okay. Well, since you started with the unofficial business, uh, and we've talked about this slightly on another episode, I may have allegedly potentially have sold fireworks <laughs> as, a, as an elementary school kid. <laughs> yes, I made money, but you know, I, I guess maybe some. I don't right, know. right. And are, I don't know. They, I don't know. Am I allowed? To, I still don't know if I'm allowed to talk about. Yeah. That. So anyway, yeah, I think there's just some sort of statute of limitation. Maybe, maybe, maybe we need to edit that out. I don't know. Okay, <laughs> but <laughs> first, real business. Uh, so out of college, I worked for a high tech company, and I was working in the sales department. And I saw an opportunity for a little side hustle where a lot of my clients, um, we were a manufacturing company, so this didn't have any conflict with the company, but a lot of my clients were looking for lead jet. They needed more business. They needed to you know, find clients. I knew how to do that um, through different resources that I had. So I started my own company as a lead gen consultant had a number of different clients, and that was going really, really well. In fact, my biggest client was out of Austin. And they go, Greg, you're doing so well. Why don't you just come work for us full time in our sales department? And, uh, you know, I think, you know, we're, we're going to pay you Silicon Valley prices to come out to Austin. And this is back when Austin wasn't Austin yet, wasn't, wasn't the right. tech, right. you know, giant that is growing to be right now or already is. Um, so they flew me out with with my girlfriend, who at the time is now my wife, and they're showing us homes. I mean, the homes you could buy at Austin. Oh, they're amazing. Out there. New yeah. were huge for like, I don't know, a, a tenth of the price it was costing in the Bay Area in the Silicon Valley. I was like, oh my gosh, this is so tempting. They entertained us. They took us out to this great nightclub one night. Actually, it was the last night before we were leaving. They, you know, let, let's let's hit go go out with a boom. Let's really entertain them and take them out drinking and dancing and food and the whole bit. And while we're out there dancing, we realize as we we're leaving that my wallet got stolen out of my wife's purse. Well, my girlfriend's purse wow. at the time, but out of her purse. As you can imagine, we're in Austin. I lost my ID, lost my credit cards, cash, all this kind of stuff. How do I get oh, home? Yeah. All that. Uh -huh. This was a sign. Do not take this job. <laughs> so once we finally got home, I had to decline and uh, tell him I was not going to take the position. But, uh, you know, listen to the universe when the universe talks to you. Because yeah. um, oh. within, within a couple of years after that, that company no longer existed. Now, wow. maybe it would have changed if I went to go work for them, but whatever. So that was the first job. Then, right, what what year was that? That was 1993. Okay. Okay. So the thing is, Franklin Barbecue didn't open up until 2009. So it's probably it's probably best. You know, it's best part why you took the job. <laughs> I would have had to go on about 16 years without uh, ever trying yeah. Franklin Barbecue. Oh, man. Yeah, no. It's good that you didn't take it. <laughs> so the next business I, I was in silicon valley where i was working tech doing sales and um i just wanted to get out right it was just i just felt like the rat race was just getting to me i wasn't terribly happy anymore after doing it for a while 
So I went into the golf industry and I started a golf custom built golf club store. Like we would actually custom build golf clubs. We'd measure your swings. We'd figure out what was the best clubs. We were building fantastic clubs for people at a fraction of the prices that uh, they would have to pay from, you know, a big box store uh, to buy mm -hmm. their clubs. But part of our challenge was, is how do we market this? So we decided to start a golf radio show and use some of our marketing time on the show to talk about our different golf stores because we had seven stores up and down California at the time. So we were using the uh, advertising time to talk about our golf stores and the radio show became a hit, like way more popular than the golf stores and way more profitable than the golf stores. So we kind of sold off the stores um, and just focused on the on the uh, the golf radio show, which was so much fun. I mean, you had you're inside the ropes at every golf tournament. Golf companies were sending you their clubs to try out nice. and talk about on the show. Golf courses were giving you free rounds of golf to talk about on the show. I mean, it was for a golfer. It was like you know, working at Disneyland. It was just so it was so cool, right. right? Yeah. Well, plus you got you got great golf. <laughs> the funny thing about being in the golf industry is you play less golf than you think you're going to play. Oh, gotcha. When you go into the golf industry, you say, "Oh, this is going to be great. I'm going to get to play golf all the time." But you're working, so you're not playing. Right, right. So that was that was one reality that uh, you just didn't play mm -hmm. as much as I would have liked to. But the, the perks were, trust me, were, were amazing. So love that. Then I got into, gosh, the company that I uh, that I own right now that's about 21 years old is a marketing company. And, you know, I started that. Well, there was one job in between that I worked for a company and that company sold. Um, and the owner of that company asked me to partner in this company. So that was 21 years ago. So we've had this marketing company for 21 years and gosh, it's been a ride. I mean, if you think back 21 years, how many things have changed in the world in the right. last 21 years? I mean, you talk oh, yeah. about economic changes, pandemics, uh, you name it, right? 9-11 mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. terrorist attacks. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that's happened over the past 21 years that, you know, you just have to, as a business owner, figure out how do you proceed how do you get through those ups and downs that the world is going to throw your way yeah and you know that that happened uh that happened with my business too it was like you know like i ran it through you know the, the mid 90s uh till i don't know 2009 or so i think i sold it and it was like that 20 year span there were so many things that hit like for instance like 9 11 like 9 11 um uh, and you know the re the recession after that like killed my corporate business like there was yeah. there was nothing happening but the 911 actually it caused a big boom in in weddings so the recession hurt my my corporate side but 911 there were so many more weddings i guess you know people just thought oh you know who knows what's going to happen let's let's get let's married, get married. I had, i did so many weddings that next year and it was it was crazy and I just remember like uh, uh, doing the first party after 9-11. Like we had something scheduled like, you know, a, a week later. It was like the 18th or something like that. And I'm doing a, I'm doing a gig. And 
you know, I, I, I just, it was so awkward and so weird and I tried mm. to make it not, you know, like we're dancing, we're partying and like oh, the world is a mess right now. And, like uh, how soon after nine eleven was that function? Uh, a week. A week, week and a half. So it's like, yeah. are we allowed to have fun yet? Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And I, you know, I remember like kind of like saying like, you know, I was just like, Hey, you know what? Uh, this event was planned prior to, you know, everything that happened, obviously. Right. Like we've, and um, we've all been through a lot <laughs> and, you know, like let's use tonight as a little stress reliever. Like let's yeah. just have some fun and, and do what we can. Like you, well, know, you handled and, that well. It, it worked out I, well. If I remember correctly, yeah, was, most entertainment kind of shut down for a while. I mean, I remember sporting events shut down. Uh, yeah. Some amusement park shut down because they were afraid that they were going to get attacked, that they were a target. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, a lot of stuff shut down. Yeah. Well, I remember – so I, I was working in, in radio as well at the time. Uh, I was I, uh, I didn't know what I was going to have to do. Like, am I going to have to go in to the radio station? Do I stay home? Like, you know, what do I do? I was doing radio sales at the time. So, uh, you know, but it was kind of an all-hands-on-deck kind of, kind of time where, you know, they needed – people out on the street, like reporter type thing. Like, am I going to have to do something? Like, and I just, I didn't want to, like, that was like, I didn't want to do anything. Like I just want to sit at home and watch the TV and just be upset by this whole thing. Um, But yeah, I remember like, so that first time driving in, uh, uh, there was a car fire on the, the, the Bay Bridge, like right at the end of the Bay Bridge everybody was freaking out. Like, what is going on? Like, what is happening? Like, sure. There was all these like little, is this like, another attack? You know, something exactly. happened. You just thought everything. So it was really it, for a while, it was awkward having to do parties, you know, like, so it was so weird. Like, I mean, I didn't feel like it obviously yeah. for a long time. Yeah. It's like, okay, I'm, I'm paid to do this. So I got to figure it out. Um, right. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. So we, we got through one question, Greg. Um, <laughs> we're, we're, we're rolling. We're rolling. We got stories to tell. It. That's what's wonderful about this. We got stories. Exactly. We got stories, and we got more stories to tell, and we got more questions. But I, I promise, I'm not gonna, you know, take forever to answer the next one. Okay, maybe I will, but we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> this is a great promo. See if I talk too much. <laughs> As we come back. The answer is yes. <laughs> Thanks for listening and subscribing to DIY for Business, a part of the best business network in Electrocast Media. Check out our website at DIYforbusinesspodcast.com. And there, there's a contact form where you can ask us questions. Questions like some of the ones that we are covering tonight. Now, uh, it doesn't mean that we're not going to get back to you if you, you know, reach out to us on Twitter. Greg is fantastic at that. Also at LinkedIn. Greg basically does all that work. I, I, I just... I just uh, hear about it afterwards. He's like, oh, I talk to this And guy. trust me, I don't bite. So, you know, you can exactly. say anything you want, good, bad, ugly. I don't, I don't care. Exactly. We'll take the complaints and the compliments. We'll, we'll take yeah. the, the worst. Um, the worst thing is silence. So please, exactly. don't be silent. Let us hear it. Uh, and you know what? Actually, that goes, that goes to a question uh, that I got. And this, this one's kind of an interesting one. Okay. So this is about... Uh, a toxic work environment. Okay, so okay. the question here 
is actually um, there's basically a manager, team members, you know, like the, the the owner of the company's hearing yelling, like they're they're yelling at each other in this room. The owner doesn't know what to do. Like, where does the owner step in when he's hearing like this toxic work environment? Like, not I, I kind of want to avoid the HR aspect of this in a, in a way because okay. there there is that right, and right. we're not HR, right. you know, like uh, pros on this. So I think you know, kind of learning from this as far as like. What would you do as a leader to try to bring up that spirit and kind of, you know, help this situation? So even though I am not an HR pro, I did get my degree in college in human resources. I know. I know. <laughs> so I'm not a pro, but, you know, I, I have a little experience. It's a really good question. Podcast? It's a really good question because I think you have to understand what – is really going on. Is this something that they're heated, but it's a productive argument or are they just mad? <laughs> they're just screaming at each other and they've lost their temper. If, if it's evaluated and you're, right, you're perceiving it like they just lost their temper, I think you, you jump in. I think you got to calm the tempers down. I think it's disruptive to the rest of the, uh, you know, the rest of the team that's hearing this. Obviously I'm assuming maybe it's in an office or it's in an area that, Again, other people can hear it, so it's got to be disruptive. And I think that is when a leader should jump in. If if it's uh, you know getting in the way of the productivity of the rest of the company, mm-hmm. that needs to be done. And I think if you I've identified that if it's getting personal in any way, absolutely right. jump in. You you can't allow any type of work arguments to get to a personal level where they're trying to just hurt each other's feelings because they're angry or they're bringing up stuff that maybe they know in their personal lives. Uh, All of those are just out of bounds and uh, a leader should jump in and, you know, stop those situations and try to mediate it. Right. I mean, maybe there's a valid conversation that turned into an argument. Um, Let's get back to what that discussion should have been about and let's figure out how to have a productive conversation about that. Yeah, I feel like what happens in those in, in meetings happens to customers as well. You know, happens to clients. Like, and you you like it, it, it's almost like you don't want to have that be okay inside the office because then it's going to be okay in inside you know your client's office, and that's that's not good. Like, you don't want to have that type of feeling, like, or that type of uh, it's, it's it's toxic. You know, it's bad. Yeah. I mean, you don't want your corporate environment to have that type of vibe, right? And allow it to get to that vocal of a situation. And, um, you know, if it happens once, you can stop it. But if it starts, if it happens twice and you haven't stopped it, it's going to happen again. Right. It's going to keep happening. And that's unfortunate. And that's why good leaders will kind of... uh, even though it's uncomfortable and it's difficult, you, you need to step in. Yeah, yeah, and you know the thing is, it's it's uh, we've done a lot of shows on leadership, and there's there's podcasts within the Best Business Network on leadership. It's it's not always easy, you know. I mean, I remember the first time I had to talk to an employee about something, and I, I, I've told the story before, but I, I went and got a book <laughs> and I read the book the <laughs> night before because I wanted to prep myself for it because we don't, you know, this is not what you learn 
you just you you just learn by doing it, you know in, in many ways right like so at least most of us uh most of us do right we've we've covered that in in various podcasts where we're just learning by doing but um uh if this is something that you you feel like this is not like within your expertise hire somebody even a contractor like you can hire consultants to come in to help you with this stuff like get get to, get to the bottom of it and figure it out because I think that that's healthier for your business in the in the long term. Keeps people Absolutely. happier. Keep people happier. They're going to stay and you know keep keep morale up. There you go. <laughs> you know? Right. Like it's it's right. a good thing for uh, uh, for everyone. Uh, I've got I've got a couple. But I know you've got some questions, Greg. So what what are some of the other questions? That you well, I, I I have a bunch of them. This may be like a four episode. Uh, this is going to be the uh, rest of the podcast the whole season what this this actually came from Germany okay so Ah, I've seen lessons in Germany this is awesome is it in English though or are you going to it actually is in English (laughs) thank goodness I wouldn't be reading it because I'm bad at German (laughs) Uh, (laughs) I haven't had German since high school it's uh... (laughs) This one's a fun one. Uh, you know, what's your greatest achievement, work achievement? Oof, greatest work achievement. Can uh, I start? Well, yeah, why don't you start? Because I'm going to need to think I'm going to start one. because it actually goes to something you just said. Um, so my greatest work achievement is I, I mentioned earlier that the company I have right now is like 21 years old. And my greatest work achievement is like having a 21-year-old company. Because it's really, really difficult to have that type of longevity. And all the companies that have been around that long or much longer, kudos to all of you. I mean, that is something to be proud of. And I'm especially proud of that. And the part that I think has allowed me to get to that point is the team members that we've been able to keep and, you know, really grow. You know, we have some people that started off as a receptionist uh, and has grown into one of our managers. Um, Most, if not all of our managers have been with the company for over a decade. And I think it goes back to, you know, that corporate culture, like people want to be there. They have fun. They enjoy each other. They are proud of what we're producing and to create that culture and be able to maintain it and continue it is really, really difficult. And yeah. the fact that we've, you know, still doing it and, you know, I plan to do it for much longer uh, is something that I'm most proud of. You know, I think I'm going to go with uh, picking up the skill of adaptability, like being able to really adapt to like stuff that's thrown at me. <laughs> like, uh-huh. I feel like I've gotten a lot better at that uh and that was that happened through through running my business we're in the beginning okay russ is it due to improv are you going improv here (laughs) i could i could on that but no no it's it's i i think it's it predates uh the 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 current incarnation of improv that i've been working with over the last 10 years or so but this goes back to you know like actually like what we're talking about earlier like 9-11 how do you adapt to that Right, like, what's going to happen to you? How do you run an entertainment company when that happens? Right, like, figuring out how to adapt to that. 
um, and, you know, kind of being, you know, agile in, in your thinking and agile, you know, like coming up with these different approaches to things. Um, I feel like that's, that's something that I don't know if I was great at when I first started running my business and I had mm-hmm. to learn and pick that up. So I, I'm going to say that's a big achievement because I, I, I really didn't expect it. And now I, I utilize it with just about everything. Like from whatever it is, you throw something at me. I'm like, okay, I'll figure it out. Like I'll, I'll yeah. you know, I'll, I'll figure out a way to make this work. And that can be a market situation or just, you know, some new skill. I, or think, whatever it is. I think you have that ability. Like we'll, we'll figure it out. But you also, like you said earlier, it's like you'll get help. Like you exactly. don't, you don't always take it on yourself right. and say, I know. "Oh yeah, I, it's, it's up to me to figure it out." It's like, well, it's mm-hmm. up to me to like to make the decision to get help to figure it out, or is it yeah. something I can handle, or you know, how do I delegate it? There's a lot of what we've talked about in past episodes that really go to being that strong leader. It's like sometimes it's you, and you can be adaptable and, and fluid and figure it out. Totally. And other times, realization is I need help with this, and exactly. I'm not too yeah. proud to go get help. Right? It's the best yeah. decision for my company. Right. Yeah, and you, you know, you like. It's almost like I, I, I did an episode of uh, my other podcast, Learning More, uh, available now uh, wherever you get your podcast. Um, <laughs> now I did I did an episode of that on quitting, right? Like, and it was kind of an interesting topic. I actually had somebody approach me with this one to. To, you know, like, I want to be a guest on your show. Like, okay, come on. Like, what are we going to talk about? Quitting. And it was so interesting to have that as a topic because it's so hard and people, you know, generally feel like quitting is giving up. It's not, you know, it, it, it's okay to quit. And it's okay to say that you can't figure something out. It's okay. Like the whole pride thing of I've got to do everything myself. And I've got, all that does is create blockers in your business. Right. Right. Like it's okay to say you can't do something and you know, yeah. Kind of, kind of know, know when to say when, I guess it's the, yeah. The only thing about quitting though (laughs) is I have an aversion to allowing people to be, to have an easy way out by quitting. You shouldn't quit just because it's the easy way out. And then it becomes a habit to always quit things. I don't like that. Right, but if right. you have a valid reason why you're quitting, then absolutely, you need to know when to quit. See, and, and this this is why, Greg, you got to listen to this episode. <laughs> <laughs> I need to learn something actually, about quitting, huh? No, we actually no, we actually talk about like okay, quitting when it's easy is, is that's that's no achievement. Like that's that's probably a bad thing in, in many ways. Right. Quitting when it's hard. That's that's what that's what we were talking about. It was quitting when it's difficult to walk away from something. So it's like, what do I do? Is it better on the other side? Like, and actually, that leads to my my next question. Look at that segue. Oh, we have time for another question. Okay, we're gonna we're gonna do this. is a quick one, I, I, okay. I think, and it just blends so well with what we're talking about. Is uh, at, at what uh, I'm gonna just shorten this here, but basically, the the gist of the question is. Uh, Taking when do you know when it's no longer a side hustle and when it becomes an actual business that, that you know it no longer needs to be your side hustle? Is it about the money? No, I don't know. Uh, it is partially. Yeah, it is. It's actually not that easy of a question because <laughs> because you know, like the first story I told about you know having this consulting business, it was a side hustle. 
But then I got offered, you know, the opportunity of making that a full-time position. Mm -hmm. So uh, I I guess it comes down to, you know, holistically, is it right for you at that time of your life? You know, you mentioned the finance side. Obviously, you know, if you can't make a living with the side hustle, then it's probably needs to stay a side hustle. It can't be your only form of income. Uh, but it also needs to fit if, if that's the right thing for you in your life, because we always talk about work-life balance, right? And if doing a side hustle and your full-time job is taking away from your family or your personal life too much, um, and just a side hustle would be the perfect fit for that time of your life, then I could see that being, you know, no longer just a side hustle and be the full-time thing. So I think it's, it's a lot of things that kind of fit at the right time, you know, yeah. how universe sends things your way and you just kind of figure out the timing, you know, that there's always a new door opening and, you know, the side hustle sometimes is the new door opening to your future. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I think it's, I think it's a hundred percent gut. <laughs> yeah. Know? I mean, okay. Yeah. It's, it's the money and whatnot, but you've got to make that good. Like you could have like I had months where it was like, oh, this is amazing. I'm making more doing my, you know, side hustle than I'm doing my day job. Like, this is great. This is fantastic. Is it going to continue though? Uh, I had to kind of go with my gut a little bit because I didn't know what I was going to be able to sell going forward. Mm -hmm. So what I did, I set myself deadlines of like, okay, in six months, I got to have this much money in the bank and I've got to, you know, like be able to pay my rent and I've got to, you know, like yeah. I've got to have, like, so I would benchmark myself. And so, I blew through I, the deadlines. I will say though, when you're in fourth grade and you're going to school and your side hustle is doing bookmarks, don't make the <laughs> side hustle your full time job. I think you need to stay in school. Everybody, every all fourth graders out there, please stay in school. Yes. You know, you can scale like Russ did, but you know, you need to stay in school. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'm thinking of going back to that bookmark business. I think I'm gonna <laughs> All right, so okay, we got we got a couple of the questions out there. We got like what four or five questions. I think we I think we did well. Uh, I'm gonna, We're going to come back to more because we do have a bunch more. And thank you everybody for sending those in. Please keep sending them in. Um, as as Russ said, you know the inter interesting thing, Russ, is I'm seeing a nice bump in subscriptions to our show. Uh, I see a lot of uh, new ratings to our show. Thank you everybody for doing that. Please keep it up if you haven't done it already. We greatly appreciate it exactly and uh you can you know listen to this wherever you get your podcast so like you know yeah that means you can also rate it and subscribe to it <laughs> wherever <laughs> you're listening right now just there's some button on your screen right now that you can you press to do one of those five two things stars, and it would, it would help us out <laughs> oh we gotta do a show on subliminal messages that would be fun <laughs> all right uh thank you for listening subscribing and reviewing diy for business a part of the best business network and electrocast media the subjects that we cover on the podcast are selected with the goal of helping your business grow all of the information provided is opinion based and you might want to consult a professional to discuss your exact business situation Greg and I want your company to succeed, and as you can tell by this episode, we're happy to take your questions. We'd also love to hear your suggestions for future episodes. Do so by heading over to DIY for Business Podcast. We thank you again for listening and subscribing to DIY for Business, where you are not alone. Leadership. 
The Final Frontier. These are the voyages of the Starfleet Leadership Academy, its ongoing mission to develop leaders through Star Trek, to boldly go where no podcast has gone before. A leadership development podcast told through the lens of Star Trek, the Starfleet Leadership Academy. Hi, I'm Sherilyn Fenn from Twin Peaks. What did you do on your last Saturday night? It's a new scripted podcast series that starts right at the beginning of lockdown when a single mother and out-of-work writer named Gigi realizes that everything is about to change. Did you hear something? Toilet paper. People are hoarding it. I should have done that. The Last Saturday Night, an Electricast podcast. You'll love it. Available to stream now on all podcast platforms. Electric acid. Electric acid.